Good morning. Welcome to Shepherd of the Lakes Lutheran Church for our worship today. Today we look at our second reading of three from Romans chapter 8, where especially today we see that the Holy Spirit groans along with our prayers, and we'll talk about that a little bit in our sermon today. The service is outlined for you in the service folder, our opening hymn, number 221, and then we'll continue in the front part of your rent on page 15. God bless your worship.
continue in the front part of your red hymnal on page 15. Please rise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking Him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful, and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins, and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ, and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. to your will, 
through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. You may be seated for the reading of God's Word. Our first reading from the Old Testament prophet Joel, chapter 3. We see that the judgment will finally bring the separation between weeds and weeds. Joel writes, Let the nations be roused. Let them advance into the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there I will sit to judge all the nations. Swing the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, trample the grapes, for the winepress is full and the vats overflow, because their wickedness is so great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. The sun and moon will be darkened, and the stars will stop shining. The Lord will roar from Zion and shout from Jerusalem. The sky and the earth will tremble, but the Lord will be a refuge for his people, a stronghold for the people of Israel. This is the word of our God. Our psalm for today is Psalm 18, found on page 69.
our second reading from Romans chapter 8. We see that prayer is a gift from God for all believers who are living as wheat among weeds. Paul writes, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we should pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that are not expressed in words. And he who searches our hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to God's will. Our theme verse is printed for you there. Alleluia. My word will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. Alleluia. chapter 13, God urges his people to live with their eye on the coming harvest. Jesus presented another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while people were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the plants sprouted and produced heads of grain, the weeds also appeared. The servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where did the weeds come from? He said to them, An enemy did this. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and gather up the weeds? No, he answered, because when you gather up the weeds, you might pull up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time I will tell the reapers, First gather up the weeds, bind them in bundles, and burn them. Then gather the wheat into my barn. Then Jesus sent the people away and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered them, The one who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seed are the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. The reapers are angels. Therefore, just as the weeds are gathered up and burned with fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will pull out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and those who continue to break the law. The angels will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. This is the Gospel of our Lord Jesus. We continue with our Confession of Faith, Nicene Creed, as found on page 18. God, true God, 
be gotten that way. How long be with the Father? Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in the unity with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated for our next hymn.
Dear fellow reading, we consider briefly our reading from Romans chapter 8. Every time, every time there's a crime, a disaster, a tragedy, the response, our thoughts and prayers are with you. And this has only only grown with the advent of Facebook and other social media. You can change your picture to reflect whatever cause you happen to be supporting. And you can you can post a prayer, you can just share your thoughts. Have other people like it and share it. Our thoughts and prayers are with you. And of course, of course, there is always an objection. Well, Mr. Christian or Mrs. Christian, what's the point of your prayer if you don't do something about it? What's the point of praying for the victims of this horrific crime or this natural disaster if that's all you do? If you don't send aid or money or food? Dear Christian, maybe your prayer isn't that much good anyway. And if the Christian starts thinking along those lines, the Christian might even realize and wonder, what does my prayer do? What does my prayer do? And especially if, if my prayer is that God would provide for these people or help these people, well then, obviously my next Christian step is to do something. Maybe we send some money with the Wisconsin Synod Christian Aid and Relief or some other organization, charitable organization. But then the back of the back of the mind wonders, well, if I'm going to send money, or if we're going to host a food drive, isn't that much more valuable, and doesn't that have more worth than the prayer that I uttered quietly in my own room by myself before I fell asleep that night? The accusation from the outside is met by the wondering from within. Does prayer do anything? Why should I pray? What's the point? I guess by way of illustration, as we start to dig into Romans chapter 8, these two short verses tell you about a man named Jean-Dominique Bobby. I don't know how exactly to pronounce it because living in Ottawa made it very apparent that my pronunciation of French is Wisconsinite at best. Anyway, in English, we'll call him John. John was real man. December 8, 1995, the editor of a worldwide, world-renowned, world-famous magazine had a massive stroke. And as the family waited for the next 20 days, waited through Christmas, wondering, the ventilation is going, the heart rate is beeping, but where are the eyes? Are they going to open up? Eventually, yes. John Dominique Bobby did open his eyes, at least, well, one eye. The other eye had been damaged somewhat by the stroke. And there he was. Around the world, whether that man was a Christian man or not, I am certain that Christians prayed for him. That Christians prayed for his recovery because, because he would go on to make headlines around the world. 
Christians prayed for him, but did that prayer do any good? Did that prayer do any good? And what was the point? After all, shouldn't we just step back and let the the doctors do their work? Let the medication run its course? Let the rehab continue as best as possible? It's the same question. When we don't see an improvement, when our circumstances don't change, when our prayer seems to bounce up to heaven and then bounce back down to earth without being answered, even the Christian wonders, what is the point of prayer? No doubt you've been there. Different times in your life where you have prayed for something prayed for something, and maybe it came true, and maybe God answered your prayer with a yes, and the only other answer he's got is to say, dear Christian, I've got something better. But as you think back over your own life, perhaps perhaps that experience has got you beginning to wonder, what is the point of prayer? Wouldn't I just be better off spending those words, talking with a few other people? and gathering aid, and actually doing something besides kneeling like Daniel at the door or at the window of my room. What's the point of prayer? Especially from our perception and from what we see, it seems that actions do so much more than words privately spoken to God. Now at its core, at its core is the question not what is the point of prayer, what does prayer do? Really? The question is this, why? Why pray? Why would we pray at all? Especially, not to hit that point too often, but it's our experience. When it seems that just doing something is different than what prayer is, that prayer seems to be this extraneous element of Christian life that we pull into the boat when we need it perhaps gets forgotten behind when we don't. Why pray? Well, God himself commands it. And if that were the only reason to pray, that would be more than enough. That our Lord who has redeemed you and made you his own has said, dear Christian, pray. I want to hear from you. And on top of that, God himself says, yes, no matter what your prayer is, God promises to answer it. So the question, of course, why pray is met with God's command and God's promise. But then the Christian wonders, does my prayer do any good? And what if, what if I don't know what to say? And to all that, to all those accusations that your belief and your Christianity is not practical enough for everyday life, Paul answers with the only best answer that we can have. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we should pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that are not expressed in words. Talking here to Christians, that's you and that's me. Because as Isaiah chapter 59 tells us, 
Only a Christian can pray. God only hears the prayers of those who are believers. Yeah, there are a lot of people very devout in their prayers, maybe praying five times a day, maybe saying prayers a whole lot more often than we perhaps recognize that we are. But only a Christian can truly pray. Only a believer can truly pray because those are the only prayers that God hears. And here, your Lord says, I know what's on your mind. You see, the Jesus who washed away your sin has washed away even our reluctance to pray. And in giving us his righteousness, in washing away our shortfalling and giving us his righteousness, when he brought you to faith, he put the Holy Spirit in your heart. as like a, a down payment on your heavenly home. We're familiar with down payments. You know, put a down payment on the house and then eventually that's the promise you're going to pay the whole thing off. Well, God gave you a down payment when he brought you to faith. He put the Holy Spirit in your heart and said, you're Christian. I've made my home here as a down payment on your home there. So yes, not only that Jesus has removed our sin or our reluctance to pray, but the Holy Spirit himself prays with us, prays for you. You see, God considers prayer so powerful and so vital that he himself fills in all the blanks that we've left behind. He fills in every blank that says, Dear Christian, I know what you need. And here, let me pray for you. That's what God thinks of you. And that's what God thinks of the, the power and the privilege of prayer. That he himself prays for you. Think of that. No matter what the circumstance in life, whether joyful or not, maybe there are times where you're just lost without words. It doesn't happen very often to most of us, I think, but there are times when you just don't really know what to say and what can be said. And to all that, God the Holy Spirit says, let me handle it. Let me say the words. Let me pray the prayer on your behalf. And so that kind of loops us back around. Jean-Dominique Bobby, however you pronounce his name, lying there on a ventilator for nearly 20 days. On that 20th day, he opened his eye. And even though he, he never was able to move his limbs again, he was able to talk. He ended up writing a book by blinking his left eyelid. This autobiography about what it felt like to, to think back to his life before his stroke and then describing his life after the stroke. As an assistant sat there at his bedside, read through the alphabet in order from most frequent letters to least frequent letters, and then he would blink his eye at the point when the letter was spoken. 200,000 blinks later, four hours a day for two years, his book was completed and published and became an international bestseller entitled The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. Now what could that have to do with prayer? Well, 
obviously there's a little bit that can be learned about the state of a person who happens to be in that condition. But I think it provides a very good example of how God works with us in our weakness. Where God compensates for every bit of our weakness of communication with Him. Where, in a better way, Jean-Dominique Bobby had composed a book communicating to the outside world from his locked-in body. And with the help of an assistant, his book was put into words and printed and distributed worldwide, translated into a number of different languages. Even greater. Spiritually, on our own, worse than comatose. But now, now that you've been brought to faith, the Holy Spirit dwells within you, and at every point, whether we whether we feel like the spiritual equivalent of running down the sidewalk and singing at the top of our lungs, or kind of those periods of life where all we can do is lay there, curled up in a ball, and blink, the Holy Spirit says, here, I know what you're trying to say, and let me say it. Let me pray for you, so that what you need to pray for and what you want to pray for, and what you most need to say, what God most needs to hear, what most needs to be done for you, the Spirit says, you don't even have to blink. Let me write it. Let me pray it. Let me deliver it. Wow. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we should pray for. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans, with words that our words cannot express. And He who searches our hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to God's will. And right there, you have God's promise that yes, your prayer is heard, your prayer is answered. The praying that you do is fulfilled and perfected by the Holy Spirit Himself in accordance with God's will. So that at every point of your life where you might wonder or perhaps scratch your head and say, well, what's the point of prayer? Why shouldn't I just hold the food drive or hold a fundraiser and skip the whole praying part? God's response? Please pray. And then by all means, put that prayer into action. Because you... You are someone through whom God wants to answer someone else's prayer. And in case, in case there are any doubts about that fact, and in case there are any wondering that perhaps I don't measure up, how could I fulfill somebody else's prayer? How could I... I can't do very much. All I can do is sit. Maybe sit by the bedside of somebody who can't talk. Maybe by the bedside of somebody who can only blink. Much like the author or the penman sitting next to John Dominique Bobby. But there, there God's prayer for you and God's prayer for his people is fulfilled. So please, pray. God commands it. He promises to answer it. And, and, and. He has promised to make perfect 
every single prayer of yours. To fill in every blank, to polish up every request, so that you can know, no matter the circumstance in life, no matter the prayer, that yes, God has answered it and will continue to answer your prayer according to his good and gracious will. Awesome. Amen. Please rise. And now may the peace of God that goes beyond all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We continue with the Create in Me as found on page 20 in the front part of your red hymnal. Today we include a prayer of thanksgiving on behalf of Roman and Jean Johnson at their 29th anniversary today. And next week, Steve and Lisa will be celebrating their first anniversary. Also a prayer of thanksgiving um, that Jean's nephew has graduated from the Marines and will move on to becoming a Marine. Finally, a continuing prayer for Denise Malcolm. Praying God, as Roman and Jean celebrate their 29th anniversary this week, and as Steve and Lisa celebrate their anniversary next week, accept our heartfelt thanks for all the blessings each have received. As companions on the journey through life, they have loved, consoled, and supported each other, but most importantly, they have grown closer to you. 
By your grace, they have maintained a Christian home and raised Christian children. They have learned forgiveness and unconditional love from you. Your word has been a lamp to their feet and a light for their path. Keep them committed to each other and to you. Continue to supply their earthly needs according to your will. Give them joy in the years to come, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And we also offer a prayer of thanksgiving on behalf of Jean's nephew upon his graduation into the Marine Corps. We ask that you continue to be with him and bless him, to guard him and keep him safe as he serves his country and serves you in this new vocation. Finally, Lord God, giver of life, health, safety, and strength, we praise you for having granted your servant Denise Malcolm some recovery from her recent injury. Grant that she daily remember your great goodness, and grant that we may continue to serve her and serve you with acts of love that reflect genuine thankfulness for all your blessings. Through Christ our Lord. All this we ask as we join to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. We continue with the sacraments beginning on page 21. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who promised that wherever two or three come together in his name, there he is with them to shepherd his flock until he comes again in glory. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song.
note that our distribution hymn will begin with verse 6. Savior Jesus Christ, giving it to death for the forgiveness of all your sin. Take and eat. Take and drink. This is the true blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of all your sin. Take and drink. This is the true blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Take and drink. Now may this true body and blood of our Savior strengthen and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. You part at peace with God, sins forgiven. Amen.
continue with the Song of Simeon on page 24. Please rise.
good morning once again. A uh, special welcome to the guest group from the house today. Particularly my mother-in-law tonight. Um, as far as other announcements, thank you to all who helped out with BBS this past week. We had, I don't know, around uh, 12 to 15 kids. Um, good turnout, and I think they all enjoyed it, the ones that they come. Um, a little bit of an update on Denise Malcolm. I got a text from Elliot um, that she has been taken off her vent and that she's breathing on her own. And she's moved to a specialized wing of the hospital and probably be there about a month. And then she'll hopefully move to a nursing long-term care facility um, somewhere here around Fairmont. Uh, for the foreseeable future, probably two feet um, And Elliot, her oldest son, will be the appointed guardian, which is a good thing. Um, and other than that, I think Andy Jacobson is going to share a little bit about the Senate Convention at the beginning of our Bible class. Uh, finally, uh, thank you for your comments about um, my recent call to Two Rivers, Wisconsin. Um, if you've got anything more to share with me this week, that would be great. Um, I'll just have a couple other phone calls to make, and I'll have a certain announcement next week. Thank you. Thank you. 